Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, and welcome to The Inner Life for this Monday. Hope your week is off to a good start. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and this is our hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And When was the last time that you had that opportunity to say four words (laughs) that we can hear so regularly? Those words, I told you so. Maybe you tried to give a friend or a family member warning about what they were doing or you were giving them some advice on how to do something and they just didn't listen to you. They thought they knew best. But when things turned out close or exactly how you predicted, then you said it. I told you so. Or maybe you didn't even have to say those words, the outcome of events. They just said everything. You didn't have to say a single word. They just knew it. When I was a teenager or when I was a young adult at that age, I thoroughly enjoyed telling someone else, I told you so. It was a moment where I was that superior person, you know, I knew more than my friend. I'm obviously smarter than you. You should have listened to me. I'm pretty sure I annoyed plenty of my friends with my smugness in those moments. But the older I've gotten, the less I usually like to say, I told you so. And that's because most of the time now, I find myself saying something along those lines to my kids And I really don't want to be saying that to them. A couple of years ago, we ended up buying a new food processor for our kitchen. And it has all these different attachments and parts for processing and grading and mixing various foods. And my son, Elijah, he was maybe 13 or 14 years old at the time. He was helping me unpack the parts of the box. And I had asked him to start washing all of those different pieces that go there to the food processor. Well, I was gonna take all the packaging, I was gonna go sort it into what could be recycled and what could be thrown away. But before he started washing anything, before I took all that packaging out, I picked up the main processor piece. And it has these two sharp blades that are attached to that cylinder. And I told him, you gotta be really extremely careful when you're washing this piece because those blades are particularly sharp. And so Elijah said, yep, okay. He nodded, he understood, and he started moving all those parts over to the counter by the sink. And I took all the packaging out into our garage to sort it. And it only took me a couple of minutes out there. And then I headed back into the kitchen to help Elijah finish washing those parts for the food processor. And you probably know where this is going. It's that I told you so moment. As soon as I walk into the kitchen from the garage, I see Elijah and he's standing over the sink and he's looking down at his hands, one hand holding the finger of another. And there's this small little bit of blood that's dripping down into the sink. And when he, when he heard the door to the garage open and shut, he looked up at me and without saying anything, his eyes said it all. 
I could just see on his face, it just said, I, I know what you told me, and I really did listen, but here I am. I cut my finger anyway. And so I, uh, I walked over to the sink, and I was smiling, but kind of shaking my head. And I said, even though I told you, still managed to cut your finger, huh? And he, he just kind of chuckled and said, yeah, it was way sharper than I realized. And so I sent him off. I said, go get a Band-Aid. I'll finish washing everything up here. But like I say, I don't like having those kind of I told you so moments with my kids. I actually want to help them avoid the pain or the problems that they might face as they're growing and as they're learning. But they also need freedom to grow and to learn. And as much as I don't like them, I have to give them that room to make mistakes so that they hopefully will avoid similar mistakes in the future, maybe bigger mistakes. I think especially for my kids that are now young adults, this also helps them to realize that when I tell them, well, no, I don't think that's wise. I don't think you should do that. I'm not trying to stop them from having fun. Rather, I'm really trying to help them just make the best choices that they can right then so they can be happy and healthy in the long run, not just in the short term. And I think that's what we are like with God and how he tries to allow us to grow in holiness and follow his will for our lives. God doesn't want to take away our fun, our good times. He wants the best for us. He wants us to have the most perfect long-term joy and happiness possible. But he also wants to allow us to have the freedom to make mistakes. And hopefully, we're going to learn from those mistakes. We're going to grow in our trust that following God's will, even when he says no to something that we want, it really is for the best. And that's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, how we can be ready to accept God's leading for our lives even when it's not what we want at that moment. Maybe it's not what we wanted to hear God say to us. How can we grow in our trust of God's will for us? Joining us is our spiritual director for the hour today, helping us look in uh, this topic, Father James Kabicki, a regular voice here on Relevant Radio. You hear his prayer reflections uh, throughout the day on Relevant Radio. He's also the director of St. Francis uh, Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And Father Jim Kabicki, so nice to have you back here on The Inner Life. Uh, have, have you had those moments where you just kind of wished, oh, I wish I didn't have to say it, but I told you so? Uh, well, uh, not having any... Uh, good to be with you, Josh. But uh, I was going to say, not having uh, any children of my own, um, it's, it's not something that I uh, have said very often. Um, but I've thought it a number of times, you know, where I've I've... Uh, encountered situations where I've tried to um, guide people and give them some advice, and uh, and um, when when it wasn't accepted or when they went in an opposite direction, and uh, it led to consequences. It led to things that uh, did not turn out well. Um, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, if only they had followed, you know, my advice or or guidance. And I have to imagine, you know, uh, you set this up very well. Josh, by uh, that our our heavenly Father looking at us must have that same kind of sense of of regret for us. You know that He's blessed us in so many ways and shown us the way to follow. If we follow Jesus, um, we will follow Him into heaven. And when we decide we're not going to um, do God's will but our own will, 
um, we just and I can just imagine God the Father shaking his head, saying, "Oh, I just wish you had done what would bring you happiness in the end, rather than this maybe short-term pleasure or whatever it may be." So um, you're right. I, I think it is one of those "I told you so" moments that we often have in our lives. Well, so now if we're going to be talking about this, first of all, you know, it's easy to accept God's will for our lives. If we ask something and he says, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, that's that's right in line with what I want for you. But if he says no, that's where it becomes difficult. And we want to get to that point. But before we dive into that, it might be good to just talk about understanding God's will in general. So when we when we talk about understanding the will of God, where should we really begin, Father? Well, that's a that's a good point, uh, Josh, because so often uh, I think we have a, a kind of misunderstanding. And throughout history, there have been debates and arguments that have led to um, the church breaking up into pieces, because uh, some people would say, well, God is all-powerful, His will is sovereign, and they would deny our own free will then. Um, um, so I think the best thing is to distinguish um, that what God wills for every human being is that we come to know him and be with him forever. And in fact, it's interesting, um, this is no coincidence, it's one of those God incidences, but um, the first reading at Mass today is from the first letter of Timothy, chapter 2, and it includes verse 4, where it says that God wills everyone to be saved and uh, to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that is, you know, you could say the ultimate will of God is that we live our lives here on earth preparing for our life in heaven so that we will be with God forever in heaven. And now underneath that, um, um, you could say, ultimate will of God, we have... um, the uh, breaking it down perhaps into, for example, the Ten Commandments, that if we follow God's will by those Ten Commandments not to steal and not to kill and and uh, to honor our father and mother, if, if we follow those commandments, we'll be fulfilling God's will in our daily lives. And sin goes against God's will. That's where our free will um allows us to make choices that are not according to God's will, the Ten Commandments. Um, but then ultimately, I think it gets broken down even further to where um, I, I think God has a plan. I've, I've heard some people say, oh no, God doesn't have a plan for each one of us. But if we look at our Blessed Mother, uh, there was a plan for her and her life, her vocation to be the mother of the Son of God. And she could have with her free will, uh, said no. She was not a puppet or a robot that God programmed to do this uh, one thing. She had free will, and so, but it was God's plan. And so when the angel appeared to her, she said, let it be done to me according to your word, which sounds very similar to, you know, let it be done to me according to God's will, that it was God's will for me to uh, be the mother of his son. And, and bring the Savior into the world. So I, I think in each of our lives, then, there is this um, plan that God has. And then um, throughout our, our day, it's not as though God has a plan for what we're going to eat for breakfast or what we're, um, you know, every little min- minutia of our lives. But um, the way we live our lives um, either helps us fulfill that 
vocation that we have, or it gets in the way of it. It's an obstacle to our fulfilling God's plan, that vocation for our lives. Um, where it gets tricky is is when we um, decide not to do God's will, and when terrible things happen as a result of natural disasters, uh, like hurricanes or fires, and, and people die, and there's cancer. And, and, you know, some people will ask, well, is, is it God's will that this person have cancer? Is it God's will that the hurricane hit Louisiana? And that's where we have to say, no, it was not God's will that this happened, but God allowed it to happen. And that's where we talk about his permissive will, that um, God allows us in our free will to make mistakes and to sin, and God allows um, things to happen in the world, uh, always with the idea that God can bring good out of every evil. And the the great confidence we have in that is the fact that the greatest evil that could have happened in human history, where humanity crucified the Son of God, out of that greatest evil came the greatest good, our salvation. So that gives us the confidence and the hope that even though uh, bad things happen and God allows those to happen and God permits them to happen, that uh, God is always, let's say, uh, ultimately in charge and can bring good out of those things as well. Okay, so there's so much to unpack here, Father. Um, first of all, let's just open our studio lines for anybody who's listening. And if you're listening, as we're talking today with Father James Kabicki about understanding God's will, especially if it's something where it's not, he doesn't give us the answer necessarily we want. Is there a time that you've struggled to accept God's will in your life? When did you pray for something, but God maybe said, no, that's not what I want for you? How did you finally come to a point where you were able to say, okay, I will accept what you want for my life, God? Or did you maybe ignore God's leading, and how did that turn out? And maybe right now, you're in the midst of having some difficulty trusting God's direction, God's leading for your life right now. Our studio line, open for your call, 888-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-914-
How do we know when God is, when it's those moments of, this is just what's happening because it is the circumstances of the world we live in. It's that permissive will that you're talking about versus where God is really trying to get our attention, kind of hit us over the head and say, no, I need you to be here. Mm-hmm. That's a great question and a, a wonderful retelling of the Jonah story. Um, you know, I grew up with an image of God as uh, being a, a punishing God. And um, the, the circumstances were this. I was about five years old and was chasing my cousin Ronnie around the dining room table at my grandparents' house. And my father told me to cut it out. And I obeyed him because I was afraid of him, but also I was a, a pretty good kid, a obedient child. Um, but then, you know, Ronnie and I started fooling around again, and we started chasing each other again. And at one point, I slipped on the rug, hit my head on the dining room table, and started crying. And my father said to me, see, God punished you. And I grew up with this idea of God just waiting to catch little boys when they do something wrong, and then he's going to be both the, the policeman and the judge and the jury and the executioner all rolled into one. And I have to, to say that um, what I have come to see is that God is, is not a, a punishing God who enjoys our pain and wants to hurt us when we do something wrong, but God allows us to experience the consequences of the bad choices we make. And so, for example, it was a bad choice for me to continue fooling around, chasing my cousin Ronnie, and I had an accident. I slipped and fell, hit my head, started crying. And um, that wasn't so much God punishing me as me simply suffering the consequences of thinking that I could be disobedient. Um, and I think that's true in, in a lot of our lives. Uh, I, I think one of the hardest things for me to hear uh, is when um, somebody is going through a, a terrible situation um, where they, uh, I know a woman, for example, whose husband is, is very ill, and she is really struggling to uh, take care of him. And she says, I can't. I, my hands are full. I can't take care of him. Why is God punishing me? And um, you know, it, it, she she has it in her mind that she must have done something wrong, that God is allowing this to happen. And I think we have to um, really let that notion of God, who as a punishing God, be purified. But bad things happen, and it's not as though God is punishing us, but he's allowing these things to happen so that he can bring a greater good out of it. And so for this woman who's struggling um, to care for her husband, um, it's not God punishing her, but he's, as it were, giving her an opportunity to grow in charity and a real sacrificial love for her husband. And if she's being made into a saint through this particular cross that she has to bear. I like that image of somebody being made a saint just because we have to, you know, it's kind of like those, uh, I've mentioned this kind of metaphor on the show before, but we have a rock tumbler that my wife, uh, she enjoys throwing rocks in there and they're getting battered and tossed around in this um, canister but when they come out, they're so smoothed, and, and the, the sharp edges, the rough edges, they're all smoothed over, they're rounded out. And when we go through that bit of 
whatever that turmoil is, tossing and turning us in life, that we can come out and hopefully it is to refine us so that we are being made into those saints. I really love that image, Father. Uh, our studio line to talk with Father James Kavicki, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Today we're talking about how we can accept God's will in our lives, especially maybe it's easy when God says yes, I, what you want is what I want. But when we're asking for something and God says no, how do we accept God's will? How do we understand his will? How can we follow his leading? And how has that come about in your own life? Or maybe you're having difficulty trusting God's leading and his will for you right now. It's a struggle for you. And you'd like a little advice, a little bit of uh, help on your spiritual journey. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. We'll continue our conversation on God's will and taking your phone calls here on The Inner Life in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for this hour. Father James Kavicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And, of course, you hear his prayer reflections daily on Relevant Radio as well. And today, talking about understanding God's will in our lives. And uh, maybe that's something that you've really struggled with. Maybe you're in the middle of that struggle right now and you'd like some advice. Maybe it's something where you did struggle with it and finally were able to come to terms with where God was leading and accepted God's will in your life. How did that come about and how did that help you to grow closer to God? How did that help your faith? Our studio line 888 a lot of calls coming in to talk with you father but really quick before we go to the phones uh, having that understanding of what god's will is for each one of us individually this sometimes might be easy you know does god want me to go to mass this sunday Yes, that that one's a no-brainer, right? You know, does God want me to be honest when I file my taxes? Yep, he does. But then other times it might be more difficult. You know, does God want me to leave my current job and take this new opportunity that I have? You know, I might want that new job. It might be a better salary, might have some good perks, but maybe there are some drawbacks too. And I'm not really sure where I should go. I'm not sure what God wants for me in this situation. might be tougher to figure out where God is kind of leading. How should we approach those questions to try and discern where God's will is when it isn't obvious for us? Yeah, you know, St. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits in his spiritual exercises, talks about this discernment. Uh, and when when he comes to, you know, making major decisions, uh, uh, life decisions like changing a job, things like that, um, he 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 lays out three moments. Uh, I'll call them moments 
Um, one is a kind of St. Paul moment where uh, it's just so obvious. You know, he experiences this great conversion when he meets Christ on the road. I would think uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta is a similar uh, situation where she was on a train and had this kind of interior locution um, that it was Jesus calling her to leave her religious order and live among the poor and ultimately start a new religious order. So these were really clear uh, instances. That's one uh, moment. Most of us don't have those things happen. Uh, secondly, he would say to um, look at the decision you're making in terms of where do you feel consolation or a sense of drawing closer to God or a, a sense of peace? Uh, where do you feel aversions? You know, So to, to kind of look at your interior, your the feelings that you're having, um, and not just emotional reactions, but on on a deeper level of you know where you find yourself being drawn closer to God, or do you find yourself being uh, desolate as you consider a certain choice that it it might be leading you further from God? Um, and then the third thing is, is he says if if you're not feeling uh, an up or down a spiritual. Um, uh, let's say, mountaintop experience or a spiritual valley when you consider this decision you're making, uh, then to use reason and uh, to weigh the pros and cons. And in the process of this, to perhaps imagine uh, what advice you would give to someone in your place or to imagine yourself at the end of your life and to think, you know, what do I wish I had done? Um, and using that process, his hope again is that somehow or another you will experience uh, consolation, a sense of God's presence leading you, or a kind of desolation of, of uh, God, as it were, uh, saying, no, this is not what I want for you. This will lead you away. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it can be somewhat complicated, and that's where what I tell people is that we need to be daily discerners. In other words, at the end of our day, we should look back and ask ourselves, what was God trying to teach me, or how was God trying to lead me through this day, through the events of the day, through the people? How was God calling me to grow? And if we develop that kind of habit of daily discernment, we'll be in a better position to um, make those big decisions um, when that comes time. Yeah, you know, another thing that comes to mind, too, is, uh, you know, if if we are at that third kind of aspect you you've mentioned there you know we've looked for is there kind of that spiritual mountaintop or that spiritual desolation kind of aspect those first two possible moments and we don't have that and we're relying on our reason at that point it kind of strikes me that it might be okay to say god I need to make a decision by this date. And you know that. You know that this is kind of the timeline I'm on here. And this is where I'm leaning. This is where things kind of seem to be pointing. I, I, I don't have a strong sense one way or the other. If I get to this point, I think that's where I'm going to go. If, I, if, if you want me to go a different way, will you please let me know before this time? Is, is that mm -hmm. an okay approach to ask God to uh, make that his will more clear for us? I have done that, Josh. I've I've told God. And I said, I think this is what you're calling me to do. But if it is not, hit me over the head. <laughs> you know, make it more clear to me. Right. Um, but I also think sometimes, you know, we come to that moment. I think that's a good good um, 
scenario that you you share with us that you know we may come and and we really don't know it looks like two goods that we're trying to choose between and so we just have to do the best we can right. and you know come to a decision and then offer it to the lord and say lord i give this to this i've tried my best i want to do your will i offer this to you and um and and you know i'm going to go in this direction so please accept my offering blessed confirm it and um you know sometimes that's that's the best we can do is is just to trust um, our instincts and our reasoning, and then put it into God's hands. We're talking with Father James Kabicki today here on The Inner Life, talking about understanding God's will, God's leading in our lives, and how we can accept his leading, especially in those times maybe where he says, no, you're not, you're not going the way that I want you to go, and how we can make ourselves... Uh, more disposed to follow God's leading in those moments. And our studio line open for your phone call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Lori who's listening to us in Illinois. Hi, Lori. You're on the air with Father Jim Kabicki. Hi there. Um, hi, Father. Um, Hello. Do you, need me, do you want me to... Hi. Um, my daughter, my 19-year-old daughter took her life seven weeks ago, and um, she had bipolar disorder, and she had really been bringing her life together. Um, mm-hmm. She had fallen away from her Catholic faith, uh, and in the last year, she didn't, I don't really know that she came back to her Catholic faith per se, but I know that she was um, attending a Bible study, and she came back to God in her life, and she she was sharing with me how wonderful it was, um, and we had every reason to believe that she had put everything back together and was on the right path, mm-hmm. and um, so when this happened, it just completely gutted us because we thought the worst of it was over, mm-hmm. and there's no question that she took her own life. Um, and what I struggle with is how, how would that be God's will for her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Lori, thank you for uh, bringing this to all of us uh, because it is one of the most difficult situations and you're very courageous to, uh, to share your struggle with us. And, um, I I appreciate your um situation. I lost my uh older sister to suicide. Um she wasn't young like your daughter was. Uh she was 63 when she took her life. But uh that is one of the the great um challenges is is to um try to see how does this fit into um God's plan. And the only thing I I can say is that um the the situation with suicide is it seems so much um i mean cancer uh, you don't blame the person but with suicide it's it's easy to to blame the person and to say you know well if only they had done this or that it's clear your daughter had uh let's say a cancer of the mind um being bipolar she had an illness and in her case, it was a terminal illness. Um, someone who has terminal cancer, we don't, you know, blame them. 
when they die. Uh, but suicide is different. We tend to say, you know, what did we do wrong? Uh, what did they do wrong? Why did God allow this to happen? And, um, you know, it, it, this is where it gets into that um, difference between God willing something, wanting something to happen, versus God allowing something to happen. And I would say in the case of your daughter, it's definitely a, a not that God wanted her to die of suicide, but that God allowed this to happen. Um, God allowed her to have uh, an illness of the mind, this bipolar chemical um, 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 the the um, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, but you know that there was this um, problem with her brain chemistry that um, led to these the depression that ultimately took her life. So um, that's and and that is the hardest thing. I, I remember after my sister died, uh, one of my I was praying a prayer, you know that. I had been praying for a long time, and it was it was basically a prayer um, to accept what what happens in the day, um, and 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 that God, you know, to accept God allowing something to happen. And I said, I don't know why God allowed this to happen, and I I really struggled with that. And uh, ultimately, there is you know not an answer. Uh, why does God allow some people to have a terminal illness? We don't know, and especially at a young age like your daughter. Um, but that's where our faith is tested to say, okay, this is, is not part of God's plan, but God can use this to um, somehow either make us more aware of the struggle of, of people with mental illness, perhaps to pray for people who are, are suffering right now, who um, are tempted by suicide, to open our eyes to that more and more so that um, we can hopefully bring some good out of uh, a terrible, difficult situation like the one you shared with us, Lori. Lori, I, I know just speaking as a parent myself, I, I am sure that any other mother or father that's listening out there right now, too, their heart just breaks for you. And going back to the words that Father Kubicki just said here, that God can use this, even though it's not necessarily part of his will, obviously that your daughter would die at such an early age. As he was talking about you know, that cancer of the mind. Uh, my father, he passed away of cancer, uh, had uh, liver cancer, and not right away. It took time, it took years, but my mom, being the widow, she then found herself in a position where she could then talk with other women after their husbands had passed away, and it gave her that opportunity to use that to help encourage them in their faith. And so I, I just mentioned that just to, you know, say it's not like that'll happen overnight. Like I say, it took years for that to happen for my mom. But um, Father, you know, the, again, that might not have been God's perfect will in this situation, but God is always at work in those moments. That Yeah, that's right. I, I know a man in the Twin Cities area who... Um, lost two of his children to suicide, and um, he started a, a group called, uh, I believe it's called SOAR, S-O-A-R, and I forget what that stands for, but basically it's it's trying to increase people's awareness of, of the illnesses that, that lead to uh, depression and to people um, making that, that decision. The, you know, the other thing I would say, Laurie, too, is um, the, the, you know, it it's it's so hard when when your hopes were were high because um you saw her 
um, going to Bible study, and you thought, oh, she's getting better, and she's, and and then to have those hopes dashed as they were. Um, but I again, I think with uh, a a choice like suicide, it's really true. A person is not in their right mind. And it's not the person with a free will making a, a decision. It's it's a terminal illness. It's it's the illness that is leading that person to uh, do what they do, and and so to uh, trust that um, you know you've entrust you entrust her into um, God's hands, and you know when I celebrated the funeral for my sister, um, it was uh, she took her life two days before Christmas, and two days after Christmas, we had her funeral. And uh, I remember talking to my family, her seven children, her husband, some of the grandchildren, and and basically saying, you know, as we pray for my sister Judy, um, we, you know, we... She, I'm, I think she's aware of, of the pain that we're going through. And so when we pray eternal rest grant unto her, we're also praying for our own peace. Um, she sees how upset we are, how, um, um, how much we're suffering now with this loss. So um, as, as we accept this and don't blame ourselves and don't get angry and, and feel guilty, uh, um, then we can, with that um, movement in our own lives, bring her to greater peace as well. So I just encourage you, you know, as as you pray for her to also, you know, pray um, for for your own strength in your family. Lori, thanks so much for calling in here on The Inner Life, and I hope that's helpful for you. And I want to throw out the studio line again today as we're talking about understanding God's will in our life. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I know we've got a lot of you that have called in to speak with Father Jim Kubicki, and we're going to try and get every one of your calls on as best as we can here coming up. We'll continue our conversation with more of your phone calls in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Big thank you to Jim Shaper and Nick Sentovich and Lucas Holt who are helping to produce the program here today. The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father James Kubicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And our studio line open for your call at 888-914-9149 as we're talking about understanding God's will. And when has there been a time where you struggled to accept God's will in your life? Uh, How did you finally say, God, not my will, but your will be done? And did you find that brought you closer in your relationship with God? Did it strengthen your faith? Maybe you're struggling right now in that moment, trying to discern, trying to understand God's will. And that's why Father Jim Kabicki is here to talk with you, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Reba, who is listening to us in Roseville, California. Hi, Reba. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Father Kabicki. Thank you for taking my call. 
Yeah, go ahead. So um, try to put it in a nutshell and get straight to the point. I'm kind of in the midst of my struggle of discerning God's will. Um, a little bit of back history. Um, I went through veterinary school and was practicing veterinary medicine for 15 years. And after having three children, um, discovered that I felt I was a little bit stretched too thin and wanted to make the decision to step back from my professional career to really honor my vocation as a mother and to be there for my children while they were still young, because they're only that young once. And I had the opportunity to uh, start my own small business to be able to work from home so that I could still provide a little bit of financial income to our family. Um, fast forward a couple of years, and um, I'm still trying to to do that home business. Um, it's with a different company and with a better company, I feel. Um, and when I when I made the decision, it was a, a hard discernment, but I felt like God sent me some really clear messages and signals and kind of gave me that peace when you were talking about those three different moments. Um, it wasn't the first, like, St. Paul moment, but it was sort of the second moment that you spoke of where um, I felt more at peace with the decision and that felt like it was bringing me closer to God through that decision. Um, so I embraced it and I was really excited about it and I felt like I had sort of changed the path of my life in the right direction according to his will. But now we're in a place, especially in the last two years with this pandemic going on, where um, my husband's work is rather ridiculous. He's working about 14 to 15 hours a day, and we now have four children. God, praise God. And um, I feel like this business has the potential to change the whole structure of our family life and give my husband the freedom to choose a different career path if he if he wants um, and allow him to be home with the family more and be present for his children more and not just me. Um, it feels a lot like a single parent um, season right now. But I feel like I can't move my business fast enough to make that happen and I feel like I'm sort of fighting against against God's will even though I felt like he put me in this place for a very specific reason. So I don't know if I'm now discerning incorrectly, and how do I be patient? Like, mm -hmm. how do I accept God's time and not my own? Yeah. Well, Rila, that's that's the big challenge. And uh, everything that you've said so far uh, seems to indicate that, yes, you, you know, you are uh, following God's plan for you. This small business was a positive thing. Um, the question is, you know, now for your husband, his work is not positive and, um, and is, is detrimental probably to him. Those are long hours and takes him away from the family. So the desire to have your business grow so that, uh, it, it can allow him to follow a different path is a good desire. Um, the, the challenge, and I, so I don't hear in what you're saying that God is leading you to choose a different path, you know, to, uh, go in a different direction than the one you chose, uh, with the small business. It's a question of, you know, will it, can it, it has the potential to grow, as you said, but, um, it's not growing fast enough to allow your husband to follow a different path. And so the the patience part, uh, I mean, so I would say I, I think you, from what you've said, just being an outsider to it now, I think you are following God's will. Um, 
the the challenge is the patience, you know, for that business to grow. And um, that's where I I often tell people, you know, that when we uh, get impatient, um, that's uh, God waving a flag, giving us an opportunity to exercise patience. And it's not going to make everything go, you know, we think um, patience means we're going to feel good and, and we won't have a we won't care kind of attitude, but no, um, we may have to struggle with patience every day. Uh, and, and that's again, the way we exercise the virtue and grow in it. So, um, I would say to, to hang tough and keep praying that the business will grow, you know, uh, uh, faster and that, um, you know, but it sounds to me like God has confirmed what you're doing. It's just that right now you're wondering, well, maybe I, I didn't do the right thing. It's not growing as fast as I would like it. Is that kind of how it sounds? Sorry. Reba? You... Yeah, yes. Reba, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes, the, the, I, I mean, does I, that make sense or? Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I appreciate you validating um, sort of what my heart has been feeling like. The business choice was the correct one. It's just the patience part that I'm struggling with. But hearing you talk about patience in that way of, you know, it's not always going to be a peaceful patience or, you know, an easy patience where everything feels happy and rainbows and sunshine, but more of a, you know, just accepting that cross and knowing that that God is with me and will carry me through that patience. Right. And Reba, you know, that's, we often think patience means the uh, absence of impatience. You know, it's kind of like we think courage means you don't feel afraid. But uh, right. there was a World War One general who said any soldier who told him he's never been afraid going into battle either hadn't been in battle or was lying. The natural reaction yeah. is to be afraid, but courage is not letting that fear get in the way. And similarly, you know, uh, with patience, you're not letting the impatience get away. You just hang tough and uh, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm following your will uh, one day at a time. Help me to be patient. Good. Reba, I'm so glad you called in today, and uh, you'll be in our prayers especially. I know there's so many people listening right now that are already praying for you and uh, your your husband, your four children. Father, let's uh, try and get one more phone call in here before the end of the hour. Gabriel is listening to us in Traverse City, Michigan. Hi, Gabriel. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Yeah, go right okay. ahead, Gabriel. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with um, stage four cancer. I'm 43 years old. Um, I have, I consider it, um, I guess at first I was really angry. You know, I, I, I volunteer a lot with my church um, here in Traverse City. Um, thank God for Father Citro because he's... Um, He's really helped me a lot with this, but um, the anger was uh, pretty volatile. I had to go to a confession about that. Um, and then it, it's interesting now, it's a couple years in, and things are starting to go the other way, but it's still there, and um, acceptance. I mean, I don't take any day for granted. I mean, I have four kids a wife who loves me and I don't know what else I could ever ask for. 
in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just dump myself into service with my church and with my Knights of Columbus Council. Twelve thirteen. That shameless. There it is. So, um, I accept God's will for me, no matter what. And they told me I had five years, so mm-hmm. I guess three left. But I don't. It's just it's one day at a time. It really is. And yeah, I pray, and I sometimes I get down, and I'm on, on all these hormones and all this other stuff. Um, but really, I have a good life. And I'm a good father and a good husband. And I don't know what else to do. I mean, I don't think there is anything else I could do. If he wants to take me home, then I'm going to go. But if he's going to let me stick around for a while, then I'm going to do that too. It's 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 his will, not mine. And that's, they, they say it at Mass, the mystery of faith. Well, I guess that's it for me. Yeah. Wow, Gabriel, that's uh thank you for sharing this with our listeners because I'm I'm sure many people, you know, just to say you were angry with the diagnosis and um and that's natural, uh but to come to that point now, I can't help thinking of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane saying, "Okay, not my will but yours be done." And that kind of acceptance um and of course you you know you pray that uh you'll have more time but what's happened is it sounds to me like uh the cancer has given you a greater appreciation of your wife your kids your family your and the time you have and the opportunities you have to serve others um you know it, it may be that with, without that illness uh, again, God is making you a saint through this, and um, part of that is that appreciation of how precious time is. We don't realize how precious it is until we we find out how limited it can be, as it is in your case, or as the doctors have said, Gabriel. So um, thank you for, for witnessing to um, how God's acceptance can be be there, even how you can accept God's will even in a difficult situation. Yeah, and Father, as we're down to about our last uh, minute and a half here, um, you know, Lori, Reba, Gabriel, all of our callers today, every single one of them, you could just hear kind of the pain or the the emotion that's coming through mm-hmm. as they're calling in. And that right there, I mean, I, I think that says something. When we're trying to discern or accept God's will, it's not necessarily going to be easy. Yes, that's right. It wasn't easy for Jesus. You know, he sweat blood in the garden. Oh, right. And so um, it it isn't easy, but that's where we we have one another. And I'm, I'm so grateful to our our callers because um, you know it it really gives us all an opportunity to um, to to examine ourselves and and to pray for one another. Um, as as was often said, this is the the world's largest uh, faith-sharing group. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Well, Father, uh, in the remaining 30 seconds here, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing today? I'm happy to do so. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life and the gift of faith. We ask you to strengthen us in our journey through life into your kingdom. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father James Kubicki, our spiritual director for the hour here today. If you missed any portion of the program earlier in the hour, we'll have the podcast posted here in just a little bit. You can find it at RelevantRadio.com. 
or on the relevant radio app. Of course, want to encourage you on the app, you can also listen to Father James Kabicki's daily prayer reflections. And of course, encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. Father Luke Ferris is our celebrant, and we'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. Thank you.